Welcome to the Janine Boland Show, where we share tips from around the globe as we guide practical people with their finances using money tips, increase their incomes through side businesses, and maintain their sanity by staying in their creative zone. Hey, welcome to the show. Today's show, we are bringing you quality content on saving your time, saving your money, and how about staying sane during these crazy times we're living in right now. This is the Janine Boland Show, and it is a syndicated program of four different podcasts that were combined in October of 2021. Three-Minute Money Tips, The Thriving Solopreneur, The Writer's Hour, Creative Conversations, and The Practical Mystic Show were programs that were running since 2017. We've produced over 300 episodes. We've interviewed over 219 guests. And today we are spotlighting one of our authors that is contributing to the 99 Authors Project, our man, Jeremy, also known as the Storytelling Alchemist. He is an international best-selling author and speaker who has shared the virtual and live stages with many of the leading speakers of our time. Just check out this name dropping here. Sharon Lecter, Lisa Nichols, Joe Vital, Forbes Riley, Lisa Williams, and Kevin Harrington. Now, Jeremy has over 25 years of experience as a public speaker, coach, and energetic healer. With his diverse range of experience that spans from corporate settings to spiritual retreats in the mountains, where we are here in lovely Rocky Mountains in Colorado, Jeremy has been able to help many people find their full potential by aligning with their souls. I have found a great many people follow a purpose that was given to them because of the influence of other people, but what Jeremy wants to do is have you look deep within your own heart so that you can peel back those layers and figure out really what is at the core of your being. I highly recommend that you check out his book, Peace Be Still. Thank you so much for joining us on the show, Jeremy. Well, thank you so much for having me. It's very much an honor, and I'm very excited about uh, our interview today. And I, thank you so much for coming with us, mainly because we'd like to pick your brain on something a little bit different than you, probably what you wrote your book on. <laughs> and that is, we really want to know about the journey. So if you don't mind telling us a little bit about what on earth ever made you decide to write the book on Peace Be Still. I mean, what's the story behind the story on that? Well, it came up because I had spent many, many years, uh, like a lot of us, with um, below self-esteem, didn't think very highly of myself. I mean, some people can really relate to this story. Um, I had never in any shape or any thought that I would write a book. I mean, I wrote classes for corporate America, but nothing like this. And I had, I got a D in college in, in grammar and English. So to me, I was like, there's no way I'm going to write a book. And then one of my friends said, that's why they have editor's chair. <laughs> and so I, <laughs> I, um, I finally, it took me about four years of writing and then throwing things away and writing and throwing things away. And then finally I came up with a book and a friend of mine said, why don't you throw all the other writing away? That could have been something for another book. You know, just, you know, you're learning because you just don't know. But what did I do? I started judging it and all that kind of stuff. But basically the idea of peace be still was like, um, I had struggled with addiction. And so I thought, why don't we call this book about how I peace be still because it's how I found peace in my life and uh, the process of how I continue to maintain that balance in my life um, and how I get myself back into balance when I get out of, we know this is a process. So I decided to call it peace be still. And so it just, uh, um, I did not know when I wrote it though, that uh, there's another book out there that talks about peace be still. It's the number one selling book in America. 
that it's a quote in the Bible. <laughs> I did not know that when I made that name, um, but it uh, it works and uh, it uh, really describes what I what I planned on doing with it. Well, so for people who know, we're talking about "Peace Be Still" by Jeremy McDonald. <laughs> this is the author. This is the book. Just so that we get the SEO correct and people get the right book, because I know once they hear more about your story, they're going to want to get involved with what you're doing. So talk to us. You talked about the corporate experience that you had. Did you have a marketing background at all? I mean, did you take classes before you started writing this book or were you like me, a geek without a clue? <laughs> I was a geek without a clue. You know, I, was, I, was a, I was a band nerd in high school. And so, no, I didn't. I, I, went, I was a corporate trainer. I, I did uh, leadership courses and sales courses and stuff like that, but never marketing. Not marketing. And uh, it's a whole different animal, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. So what most surprised you about the book marketing process in general? Oh, wow. Um, I thought it was like, a, a, you know, I thought I had a great idea and I thought, you know, hey, there's no way I'm not going to end up on Oprah, you know? And, and so, and so it's like one of those things where, you uh, you didn't you don't realize that um, you have to get out there and be out there speaking about your book and I did a 22 state book tour and stuff like that so um, it was really surprising to me that it just didn't fly off the shelves without any work you know I'm not gonna lie I mean maybe I was naive or something like that but it didn't necessarily uh, when I was with the book I sold it you know but it doesn't even with the some radio shows I would get on, uh, they, they would sell, but mainly if I was at a book signing and gave a lecture, so then my book would, I would sell out. I just sold out copies that I just spoke at a church the other day. And uh, so it's really, the, the process was different than what I expected. I figured I'd just get on radio shows and, you know, that kind of stuff. And then they would just fly off the handle, you know, but it didn't work that way. So. <laughs> That's one of those crazy things, isn't it? But yeah. you're not alone. I mean, I'd say 90 to 95% of the authors that I've interviewed thus far all have said the same thing. No, I didn't have a marketing background. And I was shocked that my book just didn't sell. You know, it was mainly, I think Hollywood has not done us any favors. No matter what sitcom you're watching, no matter what series, what movie, doesn't matter. Whenever you hear about an author, they have a publicist that seems to be in their back pocket, or this is my publisher, and they have this mindset that they think that they're going to be able to uh, have somebody market the book for them. Not quite right. So, yeah. yeah. So if you had started marketing your book today, let's let's wind back the clock and we go and say, okay, I'm going to launch my book. What are some things that you would do differently today now that you know what you know? Well, it's really funny because I, like I mentioned, I went on that 22 state book tour and I actually did have a publicist and uh, uh, I probably would have listened to her more. Um, and, uh, oh, you mean I take her advice? Take her advice, and, uh, which I did. I did. I did. Uh, but it of was course. like one of those things where I thought uh, I didn't realize that my job was to be out there with the book. But what was I? I was on the phone trying to book myself and book signings and getting myself out there, getting myself on shows. And why I was? Why wasn't I let her do her job? And and instead of wasting my time on doing things that I knew. Um, I figured it was just like when I, everything else I've done in life, you know, I've always been a great networker. I've always been a great connector of people and stuff like that, but I kind of spent a lot of time with clients and stuff like that and helping people and doing book signings instead of me on the phone with her and spending, wasting a lot of time. Um, and my publicist, she says, I don't know why you just didn't let me do this stuff for you. 
<laughs> and uh, and so I think what the answer to that question is, I would start listening to people that know what they're doing and have done it before. People that have been uh, written several books or uh, are in the, the industry of marketing books, that kind of stuff. I would align myself with those people uh, and actually let them do their job as opposed to me trying to do everything. So. Right. And that, that happens though, doesn't it? When you are what we call a technician, when you work for someone else, you get very good at doing what you do. And it doesn't ever occur to you to ever hand that stuff off. But when you become an author, now you're an entrepreneur. And when they call us authorpreneurs now, that, that term came out in 2009. And an authorpreneur, which is what we are now, is we are business owners and it does not behoove us to take on everything. However, you don't learn that up front. So thank you for sharing that, Jeremy, because it's so true. You know, many of us do way too much for ourselves. We really need to be hiring a lot of this stuff out. So talk to us. Um, these are my two favorite questions here. The, one, the next two I'm going to be asking you. The first one is what worked best for you? What helped you sell the most books? I actually did. And you got to get the, uh, the place that you're going to do this at to agree to this. But with that being said, I actually found if I went and did a lecture, even a free, a free lecture at some bookstore, spiritual center, church, uh, whatever, um, I would sell out. I'd sell like everybody that was there would buy a book. And then if I did a lecture that was paid, I charged for the next day, then they would book into that as well because they have to get to know you. And, and so we want to go up there and we just expect people in random, you know, Maryland, you know, or Colorado to know me when I live in Florida, they don't have any idea who you are. Um, but if you go in there, they get a flavor for you. And they were like, yeah, this is somebody I want to, I want to learn from. This is somebody I want to buy their book or I want to buy their programs and stuff like that. It's uh, definitely uh, best for them to give them some kind of sampling. And now I did run across stores that were like, well, we're not going to do anything for free. And I'm like, well, I'm just saying, this is what I find works. <laughs> and uh, this is the model that works. You give them something um, and then they come in, it's a good faith. And then they really enjoy it. I had one, I went to in Iowa, I was in Iowa doing a book setting and the, there was 40 people in a room and every single one of them bought a book. And the they, if I would have had a workshop the next day, at least half of them would have went to it when I was literally passing through to go to Coeur d'Alene, Idaho. And uh, so it was one of those things where, and I just did that model over and over again. And, you know, as a result, I've heard the first time authors usually sell 40 or 50 books to their friends. I've sold, I sold, uh, I've sold over 2000 of that, that, that book. Bravo. So. No, I don't think people so. realize that is amazing to get over 700 copies that puts you in a very high level for self-published authors. Yeah. Yeah. Very yeah, good. So. Very good. So just let's dive into this a little bit more because you know this works for you. And this is why I love this question so much. So you knew what to do as far as do the free thing first. And then when you had the second offering, what was it that you were offering that was paid for? And what was your price point at the time? Now, I realize we're going to have to change price points and stuff like that. But just lead us by the hand, if you don't mind, what you did as far as that second day. I did a workshop on, it was how to find peace and get at center and in balance. And the, the first lecture was just about, you know, a sampling of that. And so I went over a few of the bullet points. It was about an hour and 10 minutes long. And the next day was a four hour workshop. And we actually did several exercises on how to look at yourself, uh, things that are in the book, uh, but how to look at yourself 
in the mirror and saying that I love myself, um, what that looks like when you start to love yourself and how the world manifests around you, um, how to face things, these things. Uh, like one of my biggest things is I have an addiction to drugs and, and, and other things. And so that's in the first chapter of the book. So the first thing I had to get to get to is the root. So we, we go to that. What is the root of your addictions and the things that's distracting you from finding peace in your life? And the interesting part is when you find peace in your life, guess what? Everything else starts, your mind starts getting clearer so you can start thinking clearly. And so that's what the next day was about. And uh, um, I would generally do that for at those workshops for about a hundred bucks, but this is 10 years ago, by the way. So that Right. Yeah. See, thank years. you for the price point. Yeah. So. And the time frame. Uh, I have to tell people when I did my uh, eight state tour, you had 22 states. I went to eight states and that was back in 2005. And my price point for those sorts of workshops was $74 because that was high end at the time. Right. And for you, you're like $100 and you were five years beyond me and at $100 for those. And so we have to adjust the price point because, boy, let me tell you, those gas prices, uh, they're not what they were in 2005 or 2010. No, they definitely were not. (laughs) (laughs) We're at a different time, aren't we, dear? (laughs) (laughs) Definitely. But thank you for walking us through that because those are the those are the tips that will help these debut authors understand the mindset that you have to have is very different from what you're used to when you work for somebody else. Okay. So that was the positive. What worked well for you? And thank you for sharing your gold nugget with us on that. Now let's talk about the ever so savory <laughs> problem of what was an epic failure for you? Like you thought this was going to be all systems go and it ended up being the worst thing you could have done to buy sell books? Um, well, the cost of the tour was exorbitantly high and uh, there, there was no profit. There was a loss. And so it's one of those things where you could look at that as an epic failure or you could look at it as a, hey, so what would I do differently on my next book? And I would probably not do a 22 state tour. I would probably do micro tours. You know, I'd fly into like New York and do some areas around there and then come back home. Uh, that kind of stuff. And I would look at uh, what is, I wasn't thinking about cost. I was literally like, let's just get out there and do it. It's going to be successful, you know, whatever. Uh, And I just know it's going to work because I have a great personality. (laughs) Well, you do. And and your book does speak to that. So yeah, that's one of those great things. But unfortunately, even though you had books flying out of your box, when you were at that lecture, unfortunately, it didn't pay for all the cost, did it? Right. Yeah. That's the big thing. And so uh, as, a, as if you, like you mentioned earlier, we're entrepreneurs. So that means we are running a business. So you have to start looking at what's your cost going to be? Why? What's the return on investment? And maybe it is, uh, it is good to do it at a loss, maybe, I don't know, because you know the what's going to help and the momentum it's going to build. But you have to think about that kind of stuff. And that's not stuff I thought about at that time. It was, uh, right. let's just get this book out there. I'm excited. You know, um, you know, I, I know this is going to work and, you know, and uh, no, no regrets. It was probably one of the best things I ever done in my life. Um, but uh, I would, I would plan it out a lot differently than I, I did the last time. So planning is going to be a super important thing for everybody. So. Well, and one of the things I would like to share is that This model works very well, by the way, and it does nowadays, like I'm getting ready to head to the Midwest and I'm headed there for personal reasons. It's my 30th high school reunion. (laughs) 
I have absolutely no desire to go to that other than I am going to be meeting two people I haven't seen in 30 years. And I am looking forward to that part of it. But on the way there, I'm hitting writer's group for my book, Author Podcasting, How to Be a Standout Guest. So I'm hitting all these writer's groups as I'm taking that trip along so that I was planning on going anyway. So the planned profitability of this trip is I was making the expense anyway on a personal level, but now I'm also layering that with a business side of the of the trip as well. And so all of a sudden, what went as just a straight out expense personally, I'm actually going to be able to cost that out then for the business. And so some people would be like, well, Janine, you're not really making any money. You're still in the red. And I'm like, yeah, but I'm I'm able to meet more people in ways I never would before. So your model works as long as you have the right mindset, which is what you just said. You know, you wouldn't trade it for anything. You were you were in 22 states, dude. <laughs> yeah, that's it was incredible. And you know, that model you just talked we just talked about too. Like, um, I have a lot of clients and people in Denver, and so one of the things I have another friend that's getting ready to move out there, and I was like, guess what? I'm going to be doing a tour out in Denver, and I'm staying with you. And they're like, not a problem. Well, what does that do? It reduces your cost, and then you also get to visit with friends that you care about, right? And so. Mm -hmm. Uh, you can make a twofold and then you get to write it off as business expense because it's a business trip. It is. So. And I, I have a friend that does the Airbnb. And so she was saying, which states are you going to be in? Where are you going to be? Because she has different properties throughout. And I was able to get it at a significant discount and I was staying in these Airbnb homes. So yeah, yeah. life is, it's, it's lovely. Start talking to your readers, start talking to your listeners and your friends, and they'll be able to help you with that profitability margin. Because when it comes to books, you have very low profitability. I mean, you're making maybe a buck, three bucks a book on when by the time you incorporate all the cost of a book. However, if you're smart like Jeremy was, and then you wait a day, and then you have some sort of a workshop for $149, $179, figure it out, figure out what your price point is going to be, then you can start getting some of that money back. So anyway, well, if you don't mind, Jeremy, share with us a story that you like to tell your audience that, that gets a laugh? What, what is the story that you tell about yourself on there? Oh goodness, I have so many of them. I'm actually kind of, I'm kind of goofy as a, <laughs> as a person. So it's like one of those things where I love to laugh. And one of the, in my book, I actually refer to myself as a drama queen. Uh, and, and the reason why I refer to myself as that is because I'm, uh, uh, I'm talking about, you know, judging other people. And, and so, and how, how we do that. And, you know, how we look at somebody and say, man, they're a drama queen. But when you really stop back and look, we're all at some level, a little bit of a drama queen. I will and, agree. And so, <laughs> I'll, and I'll, so, I'll step into that circle. <laughs> and people will, people will laugh. And it's one of those things where, and I kind of give, uh, I'm, I'm a klutz. I'm a six foot five uh, man that uh, has no coordination whatsoever. Um, but I've worked really hard on it. And so it's one of those things where, um, one of my, probably one of my silliest, most embarrassing moments is I was, I was a young man looking at somebody that I thought was attractive and I ended up tripping in front of them and falling over. Instead of being cool, I was definitely the klutz. Fortunately, it got me a date, but you know, I'm not sure how <laughs> it did, <laughs> but it's one of those things where we all have these stories that we all know these silly little stories, but um, my biggest one is, uh, you know, I just have random things that I happen to me, but I look at it as a thing where that wasn't, these are just opportunities and it's also just being human. And so, uh, 
but the, I, I, I have a ton of them, a ton of stories, but I don't think we have enough time for us to talk about all that. <laughs> I enjoy getting authors to mention one or two because then it gives these debut authors that are going to be reading the book as well as listening to the interviews, gives them an opportunity to see, look, we basically air not necessarily our dirty laundry, but we talk about ourselves much like comedians, you know, because our job is to entertain just a little bit. So go ahead. I was just saying that here's here's a funny story. Um, So I was a very shy kid and uh, I never thought in a million years I would ever be a public speaker or anything like that. And how I ended up in public speaking is I was a quality assurance rep at a call center for a bank called Beneficial National Bank at the time. And so my boss came up to me and said, would you like to teach this class? And I'm like, "Um, okay. And so I went because I had this, I have this rule that if it scares me, I should probably do it. Unless it's to walk in front of a Mack truck, that's not going to happen. That's not that's not fear. That's just smart. Um, right. And so, well, anyways, long story short, I was like 23 years old, and I went I went in there, and uh, I don't know if you remember anybody remembers the Jenko jeans, the really baggy ones, the skaters. Oh my 90s. goodness! Yes, I do. Ah, yes. Yeah. So I'm it's been a while that. since I've heard the term. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm wearing a pair of those, and uh, they have to film me. And this is how long ago this was. It was a VHS tape. And so I, I'm shaking. I'm literally shaking because I'm so nervous. But these are colleagues and people I know. Um, but what ended up happening is something clicked in me. And I, beca- I got what I call the trainer's bug. And literally, because I took that step through my fear, it uh, helped me become who I am today. And so, you know, there's, a, what, what are, there's always something on the other side of fear. And it's usually a lot better than what we think it is. So, mm-hmm. yeah. yep. Can we walk through the chaos? <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. So what is the biggest change that you've seen in yourself since you started marketing your book? Um, confidence. You know, it's one of those things where I was so nervous about writing and there was, uh, you know, going through the editing process and everything else like that. And uh, there was all this doubt of how can I get this on paper? And, and so... Uh, now, since then, I've had a blog and I write stuff for my social media posts. I've written several articles and all this other kind of stuff. Uh, I'm, I decided this year to go back and get a master's degree. And so writing papers is easy for me. Well, this is the guy that got a D in uh, English in college. So, um, but I'm getting A's. This is what's kind of cool, you know. And so uh, what's changed is I don't necessarily think about all those things that make us, that block us to that make us fearful not to say that they don't come up but then I just face them and we move on and so that wouldn't have happened to me when I was 25 years old or 30 years old or even 35 years old Um, and that's a big change that's awesome thanks for sharing so much about yourself I really do appreciate it so now let's talk to our debut authors that are going to be listening to this as well as reading the book and what are the top five tips that you would give a debut author about selling their books? Um, well, one thing, speak from the heart, right from the heart. And when you go on radio shows or anything like that to advertise your book or market your book, speak from the heart. Um, don't worry so much about what people are going to think, uh, how they're going to think it. I mean, um, you know, coming on and talking about my addictions and stuff like that in the first chapter that that was risky to me at the time and but i thought you know let's just let it all out there um, because people want authenticity 
and they don't want to have somebody that studied uh, a subject then wrote a book. They want it to be authentic. Um, I guess the second thing I would say to everybody is that uh, quit trying to cram everything into one book. You know, <laughs> like like that's uh, brilliant. Nobody that wants... is so well said. <laughs> so nobody wants to read a War and Peace. You know, uh, generally what you you write could be broken into five to ten books. Uh, which is, is better and because people have the attention span of a, really about five, you know, five minutes. Um, and so the third thing is, is that um, utilize social media and, and the people never want to use, utilize social media. And then people say, well, nobody ever buys off it. And I'm like, well, it's called social media for a reason. They don't want to be marketed to, they want to connect with you. So I've had a lot of people that have bought my book um, over the past, this is a hard lesson I learned, by the way, because I would always market, 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 market. And then I realized that the people just want to get to know you. And so once they get to know you, they're like, I really want to see what this book is all about. And then they buy it. And then, you know, it ends up, they start making comments on when you post. I just posted the other day, I read, a, a, like, a, I'll open my book every once in a while and say, what do I have to learn from myself? So I'll open this book up and I'll open it to the exact pages I would, I would need to read. So I took a picture of it, I posted it on Facebook. And so people started making comments. Everybody needs to buy this book. This is a book that everybody should have. And I thought, well, that's a testimonial. <laughs> yes, um, it is. And, and, and so, um, and then one of, and I just posted a link. No, no strong arm marketing. They got to read a portion of the book, and then they got comments, and then they started thinking, "Well, I want to buy the book." So I sold books that day off of my Amazon account. And so those are things where it's very light and stuff like that. And really, and then practice if it's a self-help book. I mean, not everybody's writing self-help books, but it's a, if it's a self-help book, uh, literally be the demonstration of what that is. And so, because people don't want to buy books from people that don't actually live what they're, what they're saying. Um, you know, if it's a fantasy book, I have a friend that just emailed me his book yesterday um, and it's a fantasy book. And so, uh, and it's absolutely amazing. And so one of the things you can do is just put small excerpts on there. People are like, wow, that looks like a really good story. Uh, well, why? Because you have to draw people's attention in. <laughs> so, I mean, there's, a, there's quite a few things you can be doing, but make sure, the, one of the things I've learned about marketing is like, I always think of this way, think of it as a big party and you invite people to read your book that you want to have at the party. And, uh, and, for, and then you start thinking about the people that would actually benefit. And so it becomes this enjoyable thing. I don't know why that's just the way a friend of mine told me that years ago about her books that she did. And uh, she sold a lot of books. And so she's like, think about it as a party. Stop thinking about it. If you stop thinking about selling it and start enjoying being a part of getting it out there, then it changes the whole dynamic of the energy. And so, mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. And then it becomes fun. And if you're doing stuff that's fun, People want to be a part of that, you know, yeah. so yeah. well said. Um, what is, what do you think was the biggest thing you misunderstood about becoming an author? Well, first of all, it doesn't make you a lot of money. <laughs> and so the funny, this is an interesting story. I, uh, I was teaching a new hire class a few years ago, probably about eight years ago, and the book had already been out for a year or two. And uh, somebody, somebody says to me, Jeremy, you're famous. And I'm like, I'm like, what? What are you talking about? Well, they had Google searched me and uh, uh, saw the books, saw all the radio shows I'd been on, all that kind of stuff. I said, well, I had to tell you this, but fame does not pay the bills. <laughs> Hence the reason why I'm here with you guys. So I, uh, um, but 
why do we do it? Are we doing it for fame? Or are we doing it for the joy of actually contributing something that helps people, inspire people, or gets people excited, that kind of stuff? Are we doing it for those reasons? Or are we doing it because we want to be JK Rowling or, you know, um, anybody, you know, that's out there. Mm -hmm. And, and I'm really doing this because uh, I really want to help people and share um, my love of life. And so if I get to do that, and I get paid for it, how amazing is that? And so Mm -hmm. and I get to travel. So my two favorite things in the world are inspiring people and traveling. So if I get to do that, then uh, Jeremy's a pretty happy guy. And so uh, um, I guess with that being said, that, that learning those things and what I'm, why I'm really doing this is uh, probably my biggest lessons are the things I gained from it. Right. It, that was the thing that kind of turned it around for you. Why am I uh-huh. an author, you know, and you get clarity on that the longer you are, you call yourself an author, the more you get clarity on that. So this, you may have already answered it, but I'd still like to give you an opportunity to reword it. And that is, what is the primary thing that was the biggest reward for you at being an author? Well, I would say a couple of things. The one is to get over my fear of doing it. I had a a big fear around doing it. And the second was um, connecting with people. I absolutely love connecting with people. Um, Even like when I would interview for jobs, you know, the uh, corporate jobs, they was like, you wrote a book. <laughs> and uh, for some reason, that's a big deal. And I'm like, yeah, everybody has a book in them. But the biggest thing was connecting with people and my overcoming the fears that I had around that and the confidence. There's just so much to be said for writing a book and and putting it out there and, and literally bearing your soul and your own thoughts or whatever it is that you're doing. <clears throat> and there's tons of things out there. I mean, I have a friend that just put out a cookbook. And, you know, why not? And she's mm-hmm. got, they happen to be a very good cook. So why not share that with other people? Exactly. So. Exactly. Well, if people want to find out more about you, where's the best place for them to go? So storytellingalchemist.com is my, uh, is my website. And uh, that will take you directly into there. My social media links are on there and uh, links to buy the book are there. Uh, I also have uh, free audio files of me talking and lecturing and connections to my YouTube channel, uh, which is, uh, has my show from the Los Angeles Tribune on it. So, Cool. And any last gold nuggets you wish to drop on us before we take off? Well, I would just say, don't give up. You know, there's going to be days where you're going to be like, oh, I don't want to do this, or this isn't going to work. That's the day you should be working. That's the day you should pour your heart into it. Um, because through those things, you're going to get the best rewards of wisdom. Um, you're going to get the best rewards of a feeling of accomplishment. And so those days where you just feel like you don't want to do anything, get up and do something. And mm-hmm. so, and don't give up. So that, that's what I'd leave with everybody. Thank you for your time today and being one of our spotlighted authors, Jeremy. I appreciate you. Thank you so much for having me. And that's it. Jeremy's answered our questions and has got more information in store for you with his latest work and go check it out on his website. Go ahead and say that again for us. Uh, Storytellingalchemist.com. 
And if you are an author or you know of an author that you would like us to spotlight, please visit our website at authorpodcasting.com where you will find the 99 Author Project. We talk to all authors from all walks of life as we build out book number 12, which is advice from authors to authors that's due out in 2023. And this is Janine Boland signing off with you today and all of us here at The Eight Gates that produces The Janine Boland Show. We wish you a wonderful week and encourage you to get your message, your story, or your knowledge out into the world and make it a better place, just like these authors are doing that we're interviewing this year. We'll see you again next week. And until then, keep sharing what you know, keep shining that light that is you, and don't forget to go out today and just do something for yourself that's just plain fun. See you next week. Thank you for listening to The Janine Boland Show. Be sure to subscribe to our show notes by going to the JanineBolinShow.com where you'll find additional resources as well as the opportunity to sign up to receive our program in your email each week. Be sure to visit our sponsor at the 8gates.com. Eight